That's it. The Trace Amigas are officially donezo. Rachel Levis has gone rogue with her new podcast, and Jen Shaw wants to sue Bravo. Not only that, but the courts are now saying that Tom Girardi is a liar, liar, pants on fire, and they're claiming he's faking his dementia. Get ready for it. Let's get it. You're listening to No Filter with Zach Peter, your go-to source for all the latest pop culture and reality TVT, surf fresh all week long. Now, let's dive in. Good morning, guys. Happy Monday. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I am back. I just got back from Sequoia. We take our family trip every January. Um, my brother was in charge of planning it, so we went to Sequoia. We were in the mountains. I was doing all the manly mountain things, yeah. Um, hiking in the snow and all the all that fun stuff. Um, and then this morning, I had to be up at... Uh, I had be on camera at 5.30, because this morning I was taping opening segments with... Um, for court tv which i was very grateful i mean 5:30 a.m so i mean luckily i'm up at four anyway but i missed my morning workout and i've had to like take a break because i've i still have my my hip that's all messed up um but shout out to julie grant who had me on opening segments this morning on court tv to talk about the girardi case which we'll get into in just a bit tom girardi Erica Jane, all that stuff. We played a few in, uh, clips from my interview with Erica, and it was a good time. So I'll be sure to share the clip once they send it over to me. That way, you guys can see. You can see me. I was like, I'm no, I'm, I'm still kind of legally blonde, just like legally brunette now, legally dark, legally, legally, legally sexy. I'm legally good right now. Um, but yeah. It was a good morning. It was a good morning. And then tomorrow I have a Netflix premiere that I'm going to, and I have a, a meeting at Spotify Studios tomorrow. So lots of good stuff. It's going to be a very busy, big week. Um, lots going on. Lots, lots going on. But um, yeah, shall we dive in? What do we want to start with? Do we want to start with the Trace Amigas? Do we want to start with Tom Girardi? I also listened to Rachel Rock, Rocky Bang Bang, Raquel. Um, she has her new podcast. She finally dropped the first episode, Rachel Goes Rogue. And I mean, if you're looking for some white noise to put you to bed, I highly recommend it. But I'll recap everything she revealed because uh, I listened to it so you don't have to. Okay. Um, let's start with Tom Girardi because the judge's ruling is in. So last week we found out that Tom Girardi was ruled competent to stand trial for five counts of wire fraud here in California. This does not relate to the charges that have been brought against him in Illinois. That is still pending. Um, we'll see where that takes him. But this is these are five different wire fraud charges that are being brought against him. Now it looks like it may be moving forward to trial. The judge has at least approved that Tom Girardi is of sound mind to move forward with a potential trial. We do know that he is in a assisted living facility, currently under conservatorship by his brother. But after last week's news that he was deemed competent to stand trial, now the court documents are being released and we're going to break those down. Um, but the judge is basically saying, having reviewed the evidence, and the evidence contains brain scans, test results, timeline, receipts, screenshots, fucking everything, a la Heather Gay, um, the court has determined that Tom Girardi is, and I, this is a direct quote from the judge, the court has determined that Tom Girardi is exaggerating his symptoms and partially malingering, which 
means that he's pretending to be much sicker than he actually is in order to get out of facing a trial. Um, so, I mean, it does sound like he has some pretend amnesia. Ooh, that's a lot. Um, that's a lot that the judge is like, you know. So the judge determined that the MRI brain scans that they did on Tom Girardi, that those are not conclusive enough evidence to prove that he has Alzheimer's and dementia to the degree that he has it. Um, his neuropsychological test results failed to prove that he has any sort of short-term memory impairment. And she said that even the timeline doesn't add up. Screenshots, timeline, fucking everything. Like, that's how I imagine the judge delivered the news in, in court. Proof, screenshots, timeline, screenshots, everything. I don't remember the exact words that she says, but I just, um, everything to prove that you stole clients from, that you stole, that you are, that you have pretend amnesia. But so the judge says the timeline doesn't add up, that your cognitive, Tom's cognitive decline has gone way too far, way too fast. It doesn't match the timeline of other neurodegenerative diseases. So at this point, judge is like, "Uh uh-uh, it ain't adding up. The math is not mathing. And the voicemails that he left his co-counsel, Jay Edelson, those clearly show that he understood the fraud that he was committing. So he was aware of the crimes. So, you know. But she continued by saying that she believes that Tom was malingering when the allegations first dropped and that she believes that he continues to exaggerate his symptoms even now. That's a direct quote, that he continues to exaggerate his symptoms even now. But he only has two options at this point. He either faces the trial or he takes a plea deal. We kind of touched on it this morning on the opening segments uh, show on Court TV. Kind of touched on it, uh, like about what he's going to do. He can plea out. Um, I don't know if that's his best choice. Or at this point, I guess... I mean, the, the slippers in court, that was a bit overkill, you know, like the big blazer, like all of that was, it was a bit much. We overdid it just a tad bit. Um, I'm pretty sure he had some nice fitted suits that he could have used as well, or I don't know, go to the Goodwill and find something there. I'm pretty sure you can find something decent. The slippers in court were a bit much and the slippers in court almost had me fooled until the other slipper dropped and the judge was like, nope, none of this evidence adds up to what you're saying. The timeline is too much. He went too deep, too fast. Like, you know, he didn't even put a little lube on it. He just went all the way straight to Alzheimer's and dementias at the same time, double penetration. You know, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't it. The judge was like, can't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still, I'm still Jenny from the block. And Tom Girardi, you got pretend amnesia. You got to be held accountable for the crimes that you committed. Can't do the time. Don't do the crime. The glove Bits, baby. The glove bits. Um, hi, Nessa. Nessa's asking, is this the cashmere sweater I got from Quince? No, this is not the cashmere sweater that I got from Quince. This is a, uh, a turtleneck that I got from um, another. Ooh, I actually got this a while back. I, yeah, no, this isn't, this isn't, this one isn't from Quince. I've had this one forever, though. But um, I do love me some Quince, and I have been rocking my Quince gear, which you guys can can check out. Quince.com slash no filter. Quince.com slash no filter. Quince.com slash no filter. That's just an organic plug. I'm not even paid to say that today. Um, but yeah, Jen asks, does Erica have pretend memory of him being demented? Well, here's the thing, though, because 
That's that's actually a, a good point, Jen. Um, it's not that there's not cognitive decline. And that's what Tom's team was trying to prove is that his he is declining mentally, that that is true. However, the degree, that's why the judge said that she believes that he's exaggerating his symptoms and that he's malingering because he's trying to get away with having to face a trial and, and be held accountable for the charges, right? So it's not that there is no cognitive decline. It's that the the degree in which he can't remember certain things, that is where the questions come up. And that's why she's like, no, you, it's, you probably are forgetting things. You're getting old. You're getting up there. Pretty sure, you know, there may be a little brain damage. Like all of that is within the realm of possibility. But to go from October to December for you to be, you know, doing lectures and podcast interviews in October and then suddenly by December you have full-blown dementia and you're in a conservatorship, that's where, you know, the judge is like, hold up, wait a minute, let's, let's take a step back. And listen, other people at the law firm, you know, Kimberly Archie was out there saying that, like, he did have some sort of cognitive decline. Like, he was starting to, you know, he was starting to go um, or, like, you know, he was starting to, like, not be all there. But for the most part, and even, you know, Daniel Feruzin, who is uh, an attorney, he, he's been on this podcast. And I remember interviewing him and asking him about it because he was the last person to interview Tom Girardi. And he said that, like... Tom did have signs of like older age of like, you know, he would repeat certain stories and he would kind of get caught up in that loop where he kind of knew how to deliver his lines and he wasn't as present in the interview as much as he was just trying to, you know, regurgitate old stories that he'd remembered. So it's, again, he's old. Listen, he's fucking old as dirt. You don't think he's going to have some sort of cognitive decline? He does. Yes. And that's what his attorneys were trying to argue and they were showing the brain scans and showing that like, yeah, look, he's getting old. The brain is aging. However, the argument that the uh, prosecution was trying to make is that, yes, aging and a deteriorating brain is a natural form of age. However, he's trying to use that as an excuse to not be held accountable for the crimes that he committed. And here's all the evidence that proves he's not as bad. He's not in in as bad enough condition as he claims. So when it comes to Eric, I mean, here's the other thing. This is the part that's really kind of twisted and fucked up. And I... I don't think we touched on it in my interview with her, but I do remember discussing it with someone, maybe in one of my other interviews with somebody else. But I remember saying, like, if he really is deceiving her and calling her multiple times a day, then, like, he is using her to get this, this like, you know, thing across that, like, he's really going cuckoo magoo, you know? That's the part that's, like, really twisted and fucked up. And I don't... I mean, I haven't spoken to her since all of this um, news came out last week, but I was out of town. But, like, that to me, like, that has to be an ultimate betrayal of being, like, now that, like, the courts have proven that you're not in this, like, mental headspace or, like, you're not at this cognitive decline that you're claiming and yet now you're using me to try and get this message across. Like, that's even gross that he's still trying to protect himself if that's what's really happening, right? Um who knows? Honestly, like I said, too, when you've been stuck in an old folks home, like your brain does start to kind of rot a little bit. You do start to deteriorate a little more. That's like like people, you know, when they lose a spouse and they live alone or when they retire or whatever, like they do start to go a lot faster. But again, not at the speed in which he's claiming and his legal team is claiming that he's declined cognitively. So. Oof. 
Um, Mtronic says, I don't know. He still needs to be held accountable, but I think that's normal. My dad literally started calling me over and over saying the same thing until the phone was taken away. I mean, again, these are possible signs of him aging. These are possible signs of him developing Alzheimer's and dementia. The judge is just claiming that at the time that these charges were brought forth, at the time that the allegations were being made, at the time that the crimes were being committed, he was aware and of sound mind. Therefore, he is. I mean, and I believe it's going to be a jury trial. And if it is, then the jury is going to have to determine what is an appropriate consequence for Tom Girardi. Do they believe that he's currently in this cognitive state? Do they believe that the Alzheimer's and dementia has progressed to the level that he's claiming, because that'll have to be proven in court, and the jury will decide, does this man deserve prison time, or does this man just deserve to live out the last of his days, you know, in the old folks' home? So... Um, Brittany asks, I don't understand. Shouldn't he have the money to pay the victims and just go broke? Or was it all spent? So it was all spent, Brittany. It looked like, so the way that it's been described by other attorneys and, and legal experts in the past is he was um, robbing Peter to pay Paul. So essentially the money was kind of just going out. It was dwindling. And so he just thought, well, if I bring in another paycheck, that'll help pay off the last paycheck. And so he was behind on paying a lot of these payments. He was starting to skimp on paying some of these payments. He was, I mean, the the allegations go on to say that like he was negotiating and brokering deals in these lawsuits without informing the clients and then not telling them the actual money that he was brought in. So for example, these are purely you know, for example, these aren't real numbers or figures, but let's say, you know, he was negotiating a deal with, you know, Bob's big boy over there and Bob's big boy is being sued by Barbara and Barbara ends up with Tom Girardi negotiates a $10 million settlement from Bob's big boy. And then Tom's like, Ooh, he gave us a big boy payday. And he tells Barbara that he got her 3 million, even though he really got her 10 million. And so there are allegations of that where he negotiated and brought in more money than he disclosed to the clients. And he told Barbara, you got $3 million, you know, so there are those allegations, um, allegations of clients claiming that he never paid them or that he was behind on his payments or he would delay them and be like, oh, the money hasn't come in yet. When, you know, the wire transfer showed that the money came in on X date. And at that point, there are voicemails of him telling it to clients, oh, there are things that are being held up or, oh, you know, don't worry, the money should be here soon. Like he was, you know, he was waiting on, um, or he was lying to them. And I don't know what he was waiting on, but he was using, you know, the money coming in to pay off old debts to other clients and just mixing the money left and right, right? All the client trust accounts and the operating accounts and personal accounts, it was all just kind of being mixed in together, which is wild. So, and the other thing too, is in terms of just paying people off, because that was the question of, can he just pay everybody off? Well, the other thing too, is like the people that are claiming that they're owed money have to prove that they're owed money, right? They need to have the actual settlement um, agreement that they signed that says, this is what the settlement was for. You know, they need all of that stuff. Cause here's the thing I can say, Oh, I was a former client of Tom Girardi's and, and, you have a lot of these stories where people are like, oh, you know, I was a former client. I don't think he gave me all my money. It's like, well, I don't think he gave me all my money doesn't mean he didn't give you any of your money, you know, just because all of a sudden you're like, oh, I think he skimmed from me too. And now everybody wants to put their hands out. Well, it's like, okay, now you have to prove that case in order to prove that you're entitled to money. 
there's another thing. There's, you know, one woman in particular who um, her husband, um, her, the daughter going purely based off of memory, but um, her case, which she doesn't really have a case, but she, you know, is in that group of, you know, victims. And this is where you hear Erica say on the show, alleged victims, because, you know, this is just one example of that. This woman, um, it was a lottery winning, right? And she claims that, uh, I believe the daughter won the lottery. And I believe it was for 5 million. Again, don't quote me on these exact details, but I'm just giving you the context of it. Um, but I believe the daughter won $5 million and the dad was suing his daughter for half of that because he felt he was entitled to half of that because she said she would give him half of her lottery winnings, right? So the dad is suing his daughter for about $2.5 million, which is about the half of the $5 million that she won in her lottery winnings. Now, I, Tom Girardi came in, represented this case. From my understanding... The settlement was dispersed. You know, the money that was owed to the father was owed to the father. The daughter paid whatever. I mean, a big family mess. And I think it's horrible and terrible that you're a man that's suing your daughter over lottery winnings. And you're a daughter that's fighting back on your father over lottery win. Like, it's money at the end of the day. But so, Girardi Keese did represent this case. The case was ultimately settled, right? So, information later comes out that... The way Tom was collecting those attorney's fees for that case, he was writing them or he was collecting them in his daughter's name and in Erica's name. Why Tom did that, I don't know, but he was taking his percentage or he was taking what was owed to the law firm and he was collecting it in Jacqueline and Erica's names. I don't know if that was beknownst to Erica or Jacqueline. I don't think Erica and Jacqueline ever received that money, but for whatever reason, he was, you know, writing that off. I don't know why. The only person that can answer to this is Tom Girardi, okay? But his percentage, let's say he was owed $30. Again, examples. These are example figures. Let's say Tom's owed $30. He was like, okay, I'm going to collect 15 in Erica's name and 15 in Jacqueline's name, and that's how I'm going to take this money, right? Um, so now the woman that was married to the man that was suing his daughter, she's now wanting to pursue litigation against Girardi Keys and even though the case was settled and everybody got the money they were technically owed in that case. Um, she was like, well, but what he did was unethical by accepting legal fees in somebody else's name in, you know, the names of people that aren't attorneys. And yeah, that is true. It is unethical. It is, you know, breach of his fiduciary duty. You know, that is wrong. He should not have done that. But this is a case that was settled years ago that like, can you prove that he took more than he was entitled to? Did your husband not get all the money that he wanted from his daughter? Like, you know, so to me, it was just interesting. And so now I believe she wants to sue for additional millions of dollars, sue Girardi Keese, because she feels entitled to something. I mean, to her, it seems like, you know, she wants to do it on principle or on justice, I don't know. I think that case in and of itself, I tried to kind of really hear it out and, and, and understand it to the best that I could. But again, it's just, it's really unsettling when the case is about a father suing his daughter for lottery earnings um, that neither of them earned. It was kind of just a play of the luck of the chance. Right. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, but like to now move forward with a lawsuit that's more than what was originally entitled to you 
from the lottery earnings, it just seems like a cash grab in my opinion. And I feel fucked up saying that, but I, it just kind of feels like, but that's what I'm telling you is everybody that's put into this lump sum group of the victims include, you know, people like this woman who I believe is a good woman. And I believe she wants to see justice. And I believe, you know, she wants to take down the giants in, you know, this scenario, but it's also just, you know, it makes me raise a couple of eyebrows because like one of my natural questions was, well, did you get all the money that you were entitled to from Girardi Keese? And if the answer is yes, then what is the point? Like the cards have already fallen. The man's already moved, like headed to trial possibly unless he pleads out. So he could take a plea deal or he can move forward with the trial. We'll see what he ultimately ends up doing, um, whether he wants to face trial or not. He may decide to take a plea deal and like flip on Chris Camone or I mean, I don't, imagine he would flip on David Lira because Lira is still married to his daughter, Jacqueline. It's his son-in-law. So I would imagine they would probably try to turn on Camone, um, the bookkeeper that he was the CFO who started as the bookkeeper. But yeah, it's crazy. Like what justice are you doing at that point? If you're, you know, suing for two, three, whatever million dollars, Girardi case is closed. Um, we've already brought so much national attention to this case. You know, it's really exposed a lot. The state bar is now hopefully going to start making changes, but you know, it just, it does feel kind of strange. You know, it does feel kind of strange. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, ooh, this is a good question, Mtronics. Uh, somebody, we're moving on from Girardi, um, but we'll see what happens like I said, the only two steps moving forward is Tom either moves forward with the trial or he pleads out. He could possibly turn on Kimon and try to cut some sort of plea deal to not serve any prison time. Or he may just, you know, roll the dice and, and use the same slippers and, and oversized blazer tricks on the jury and hope that they rule in his favor and don't give him any prison time. Um, I mean, but at this point, like, what is justice for Tom? You know, like he's in an old folks home. He has no money. He has, his legacy is ruined. His awards are being taken away. Like all of his assets are being liquidated. People are starting to get paid off at this point. You know, he has nothing and everything is now, you know, moving forward. Okay. But, um, somebody's asking, is it true that Ariana filed a lawsuit against Tom Sandoval? Yes. Uh, Ariana Maddox is suing Tom Sandoval for their house. She wants to move forward with the sale of their house and have the money that comes in from that sale be split 50-50 is what I'm assuming. I'm assuming they both went in 50-50 and so she wants to force the sale, have the house be sold, and then have it divided rather than buying him out. I don't think she wants him to live there. My understanding is that he wants to stay in the house and she does not want him to stay in the house. She wants them both to leave. She's like, if I can't have the house, you can't have the house. Neither of us are going to have the house. So let's move forward. Let's sell the house and split the pro the profit 50-50. Which looks like, 
I mean, I don't know. My thing is like, who gives a shit? Let him live in the fucking house. Like, who cares if he wants that house where he was making out with Raquel in the jacuzzi and all that shit? Like, I fuck the house. Buy me out, give me my money, and I'm out. You know, unless it's possible that the house is worth more now. But I would assume that's a really good legal question is would she have to would he have to pay her her initial investment of like what she paid going into the house? Like, is that what like, let's say the house was I believe it was like one million or two. million. It was like one point something million. So let's keep it a clean number. Let's say the house is one mil and she put in five hundred and he put in five hundred. So would he have to pay her 500000 or is the house now worth more money and she wants the new price? I mean, I would assume they could probably get more money from it if they sold it now. And so, because that's another thing is it's like, wouldn't she be able to fight for market share, right? Of like what more market value? Like, what is market value? And then she's entitled to half of that. I don't know. That's a question for like a real estate person, for an an attorney. That's, I don't know, 50-50 of current value. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's what I thought. 50-50 of current value. That makes sense. He has to pay full market value uh, minus what he has paid already. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. So it's not the original investment. It is the value of the house. So yeah, that we'll have to see how that moves forward. But I'm assuming she's wanting him to sell the house because she doesn't want him to live there, which to me is kind of is kind of dumb. Like, just let him live in the fucking house. Like, who cares? I don't care. But I also get there has to be some sort of sentimental something to it, too. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, Trace Amigas or Rachel Goes Rogue. Uh, let's do Trace Amigas because I know a lot of people want to hear about what's going on with Tamara. So, ladies and gentlemen, the Trace Abuelas are no more. So, Vicky and Shannon, Vicky Gunvalson, Shannon Bador, announced their next tour date. And it is Vicky and T- or yeah, it's Shannon and Vicky live. So there is no more Tamara. It was the Trace Amigas live shows, and now they're moving forward without Tamara. They just announced their new date, and it's no longer called the Trace Amigas show. It's called Vicky and Shannon. Um, now, Tamara does have her own live show. She's doing a live taping of Two Teas in a Pod with Teddy Mellencamp, and that's happening January 25th. That's up in San Francisco. Um, so if anybody is you know, on the West Coast and wants to go to that. I was thinking of going that. I was thinking of making it a boys trip. I might do it. TBD. I haven't decided if I'm going to San Francisco. That's also the live show. The Brav Bros and Kempire are doing a live show in New York that same night. So if anybody's on the East Coast, you can get tickets to see Kempire live and to see the Brav Bros live. I believe they're doing a show back to back. So it's the Brav Bros and then right after the Brav Bros is Kempire. So you can get tickets to that. That's going to be in New York on January 25th. And then Teddy and Tamara are doing their show January 25th up in San Francisco, East Coast, West Coast. But so Tamara's defending herself. She went on social media and she's claiming, um, I guess, because a lot of people are um, saying that like Tamara's not a good friend and that's why Shannon's not friends with her anymore. But so she's defending herself and she's claiming that when Shannon got her DUI, the day that the news came out, that Tamara was on her way to Scotland. She was flying to Scotland when news of 
Shannon's DUI broke. So she's like, I had to go. I was filming for The Traitor season two. I couldn't physically be with her, but it's not like I wasn't there for her. She was like, I literally was flying to Scotland. You know, it's not like you're driving down the street to go tape something. Like you're literally in another country filming a show where I assume they don't have access to their phones for the most part. Um, so she claims that's why she wasn't there for Shannon when she got her DUI. Um, then when it comes to Alexis Bellino, who's now dating Shannon Bedore's ex, John Jansen, she claims, Tamara claims that she made up with Alexis at BravoCon, which is before Alexis started dating John Jansen. She claims it was before Alexis even met John Jansen. And she just, you know, they squashed the beef at BravoCon Tamara wants to move forward with her. She's not going to have beef with her over Alexis dating John Jansen, which is also kind of weird. Like, I I don't know. Like, Shannon and John broke up. Shannon and John are done. Um, Alexis and Tamara have a history together. Alexis and Tamara knew each other. And sorry, my nose is running. Um, Alexis and, and Tamara, like, have history Shannon and Alexis have no history they have no connection other than Alexis is now dating Shannon's ex but he hasn't been Shannon's ex in recent months like they were not together remember he broke up with her after they finished filming the latest season so in recent months even when she's been around John they have not been together they've been friends um I don't know what that means um so yeah so she's like i my motivation with being, you know, friendly with Alexis is not any in any way a dig at Shannon. Um, then she goes on to claim that since Vicky took Shannon in after the DUI and Tamara was, well, Tamara was in Scotland, Tamara's claiming that during that time, Shannon was actually secretly recording Vicky and her volatile fights with her boyfriend. And so she's like, wow, better watch yourself. Check out the loyalty there. Shannon was filming you, Vicky. FYI, that's how good of a friend you have. That's how loyal she is. So it's like, oof. And then she ended her Twitter rant by saying she feels like she took the biggest dump of her life. She feels so refreshed and so relieved. It doesn't look like Shannon or Vicky have said anything as of my taping this so we'll see but it sounds like shannon my interpretation of things is that shannon felt betrayed by tamra's friendship with alexis and vicky probably felt betrayed by tamra doing an upcoming live show with teddy because we know vicky's been salty about tamra doing a podcast with teddy vicky doesn't like teddy teddy doesn't like vicky so it seems like you know Vicky may have been like, well, you're doing a live show with Teddy when we're supposed to be doing our Trace Amiga shows. And I just I can see Vicky being salty about that. And then Shannon being salty about Alexis and it just being a whole thing. And Shannon being like, you weren't there for me. And then Kelly Dodd chimed in and she's claiming that or she yeah, she's suggesting that Vicky should Vicky and Shannon should sue Tamara for breaching her contract with the Trace Amigas live show. Um which is just kind of dumb. Like, yeah, technically you can sue her, but like, really? It looks like they're not interested in suing her. They just want to move forward without her. At this point, Bravo should bring back Vicky and should bring back Alexis. I think that would make the show wild to watch. Jesus Drugs would really shake things up. Um, could you imagine Alexis Bellino alongside Heather Dubrow and Tamara? Like, that would be wild. I would lo- like, that's real stakes that's real friendship that's real drama throw teddy in the mix 
maybe as a, a friend of, I know Teddy won't do a friend of, but like Teddy in the mix, that would be wild, 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 wild. Um, I don't think that they'll do that though. I think Bravo at this point is just like focused on pushing the show the shows forward, not like airing old grievances and digging up old drama with old cast members. I just think it would be fireworks. Um, I believe Alexis has declined to return to OC and Vicky, as far as I'm aware, has not been asked to return full time. So it doesn't look like we'll be getting Alexis or Vicky. So this drama will play out between Shannon and Tamara, um, but I, I want to say I also saw Tamara post something about how she would be she wouldn't be surprised if now all of a sudden Vicky does return to film as a friend of, you know, to come and defend Shannon. So even though Vicky was like, I'm not returning unless it's full time, I'm not returning unless it's full time. And now it seems like Vicky might actually return if it's even if it's not full time. Um, OK, let's talk Salt Lake. Jen Shaw. So last week we had all the Monica stuff and the drama and Tanisha coming out and airing all Monica's voice notes. And it makes Monica look bad. And Monica was over here, you know, stalking Jen Shaw and driving by her house and everybody's speaking out against Monica. And it's weird and creepy. And we find out Jen Shaw sent Monica a cease and desist and all that stuff, right? Well, now Jen Shaw is threatening to sue Bravo. So after Heather Gay claimed that Jen Shaw gave her the black eye last season, which she reveals in this season's finale... Jen is now releasing a new statement threatening to sue Bravo if they air anything related to Heather revealing that Jen Shaw gave her the black eye. Um, they're like, if any part of the final cut of the airing of the reunion talks about Heather claiming that Jen Shaw gave her a black eye, then they will sue the network. However, and, you know, any attorneys in the live chat right now, please weigh in on this. But my understanding is they can still air this legally right um the only one that could potentially get sued for this or get sued for like defamation would probably be heather but i don't even think jen has a strong case against heather um and also let's not forget the big elephant in the room that jen shaw is also in prison for lying okay um just want to remind everybody about that um, Heather was careful to say Jen gave me a black eye, not punched or hit, or maybe Heather just accidentally tripped and knocked her eye. She was pretty fucked up. I mean, maybe we'll see. I mean, from the preview that we got for the reunion, it's pretty clear, um, that it's pretty clear that uh, Heather's going to talk about it. So I look forward to Heather's explanation. But Jen Shaw's trying to block that from happening. But my understanding is that Bravo can simply air Heather's claims on the show. They can air what Heather revealed. And my like legal way out of it for Bravo, not that I'm a legal expert or anything, but while add, they just have to add a disclaimer that says that Jen Shaw denies giving Heather Gay a black eye. Like, they can be like, here's a statement from Jen Shaw. I mean, like, the documentaries. Like, if anything, watching these Hulu documentaries about all of this stuff, like, they air a claim. Like, Leah McSweeney in the Reality Reckoning one, they're like, here's Leah's claim. And then they have a statement from Shed Media or a statement from Bravo or a statement from NBC that are like, NBC, Bravo, Shed Media, um, deny any of this is true. So they can air Heather's claims, air a disclaimer saying that Jen Shaw denies the allegations by Heather Gay and also claim that there was 
as is true, they can also claim that there was an internal investigation that the network did. It came up inconclusive because at the end of the day, there was no footage of the incident to prove what actually happened. And as Andy Cohen said, if there was footage, they would have aired it. They've never protected people like that in the past. They always would have aired all of this. So I think the disclaimer, you know, uh, revealing the findings of the internal investigation um, and giving both women an opportunity to share their sides, Heather claiming that this did happen and the network and Jen Shaw claiming that this didn't happen and the network saying, hey, we investigated at this point. It's a she said, she said, but here are both sides of it. I think that, that would clear the network of any liability. I'm sure they're going to listen to their attorneys on this one, which, again, would only open up Heather Gay to the lawsuit by Jen Shaw should Jen pursue it. But at this point, the case would be a she said, she said. So all the lawsuit would really accomplish is just costing Jen and Heather money because there's no way to prove it one way or the other outside of their own testimonies. And I think Heather Gay still being on Real Houses of Salt Lake City and still having multiple Beauty Lab and Laser locations and now getting ready to write her second book after her first book was a New York Times bestseller. I think Heather's in a better position financially than Jen Shaw, who should be focused on her restitution rather than trying to sue Heather Gay. You restitution whore. But I mean, unless Heather has some sort of proof that would prove that Jen Shaw did this, maybe text messages between she and Jen colluding to, you know, covering it up on camera. Because we know like at one point we see Heather text Meredith and Jen asking her to come to her room. And they're like, what happened? How did we figure this out? So I just I don't think Jen has any credibility. I think Jen's a liar. And that's why she's in prison. because She went to prison for lying and this is just where we're at. I don't think there's a case and NBC will be fine. Like they're not like you really think Jen Shaw threatening to sue them from prison is going to scare them. Like, come on, let's, let's be real. <sighs> um, Brittany says, what's wrong with a, with our justice system where a felon can watch reality TV and have someone post to their Instagram with the actual, app? I mean, it is kind of strange. I know that they have TV in prison. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Brian says, was just thinking about this. Did Monica tip off the feds about where Jen was before the veil trip at the beauty lab and laser location? No, I don't think anybody tipped Jen off. I think they had been following Jen and I think they probably had her phone bugged or they were tracking her in some way. Even if they weren't tracking Jen directly, but they knew she was filming, I'm sure there was someone that they were tracking that they knew was on production that would be able to give them access to Jen. I mean, also, hello, Jen Shaw literally fled the scene where she was about to be arrested on camera. That would have been wild to watch that play out on camera. Jen actually getting arrested. But, like, come on. Like, Jen, you really think any of us believe you, you clown? You fool. All right. I think that's it. Talked about the Trace Amigas, talked about Rachel Goes Rogue, talked about Jen Shaw, talked about Tom Girardi, talked about Ariana suing Tom. So what a what an eventful, eventful, um, an eventful weekend. Here I was living it up in Sequoia. But damn. Um, okay. There we go. There you go, guys. I love you. I appreciate you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Monday. I'll talk to you tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, yeah. Have a wonderful afternoon. Get some coffee. Get Liddy City if you're feeling the right vibe. Um, stay tuned. I'll give you an update on the um, 
my court TV appearance. That way I can share it with you guys when I have it. They're supposed to be sending me a clip of it. So I'll be sure to post it and, and share. But thank you guys. I love you. I appreciate you. Give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. If you're ever wanting to keep up with me personally, or if you just want to keep up with the latest tea on the podcast, then you can follow at No Filter with Zach. Um, so go give at No Filter with Zach on Instagram a follow and catch new episodes of No Filter with Zach Peter every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with bonus episodes on Fridays. Yeah, let's get it, baby. Let's get it, get it, get it. Ow, ow. Throw them hips, girl. Bum, 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 bum. Get your new merch. The link is in the description below. Get your Zach Pack hoodies, your Find Me at Jason's t-shirts, your Ruthless Not Toothless t-shirts all down below. No filter hats. When you get them, send me your pictures. I want to see you in them, so be sure to post them on your stories and tag me so I can share and repost. All right. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Ciao for now. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye. Summer camp is a magic place where kids discover who they are because they have the freedom to explore on their own. Why Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is a sleepaway camp in the heart of Idaho's wilderness. Each summer, campers make friends, build new skills, and learn to love the outdoors through activities like canoeing, archery, zip lining, rock climbing, campfires, and more. Registration for Y Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is open. Financial assistance is available. Learn more at ycampidaho.org. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger. Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.